And we are live. Hello, good afternoon to everyone or good evening. I don't know, whatever, whatever time you're listening to this. <laughs> My name is Sydney Robolata. I am the co-founder of Body I Love You, which is a course and a community that literally teaches you how to love yourself. Um, whether you're listening to this on our Really Life Friday in our private Facebook group, or you're listening to this on the Body I Love You podcast, welcome. And we're so excited to have you. What a cool, what a cool thing. I'm joined today by Jen Price, Billy's own resident hot mom, to continue our <laughs> mom series. Jen, how are you today? I'm good. I love every time you introduce me that way. It always makes me smile. <laughs> it's my favorite introduction of you, for sure. Yeah, we always, we have four coaches in Body I Love You, and um, everyone is, everyone is a mom to at least a fur Creature. Right, a fur baby. Yeah, <laughs> Jen is the only mom to to a, a child without fur. <laughs> I know. I, I was just gonna say, although it's funny because I do feel like uh, fur babies are like the only ones that don't have like the body confidence issues. So oh maybe that's a good tip. Like, Literally. yeah. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, my dog's over here, like, leg up, like, just licking her, like, private area right now. Like, yeah, she, she doesn't give a shit. Right? That's the whole thing. Like, and, the, and animals also, like, they, like, they move. I mean, kids do, too, especially when they're younger, but they move when they need to, like, when they're feeling, yeah. like, they do the pandiculation where they stretch and do the things. And, like, we as humans could stand to do that a little more, because, like, you know, we like sit here in these meetings and, or, you know, online or whatever we're doing. And we like, we're like, okay, we have to, we can't do these things. Instead, when we're, our bodies might need to stretch or move or whatever, let's do it. I feel the need right now. <laughs> 100%. Because I feel like we, we have like, okay, I'm going to work out for one hour a day that like, that's the only time that you're like moving your body or stretching or whatever. But if I'm observing my dog, she's, she's throwing a quick stretch in every hour minimum. And like, right. I could probably, I should actually, I think today I'm, I'm declaring right now today, I love it. <laughs> anytime I see my dog stretch, I'm just going to give my body a little stretch. I want to like learn from her and just like see what that does. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> it's because it's so important. I, I was just talking about this the other day. Like our bodies want to move. They don't want, not even from a place of like, no pain, no gain. You better sweat your ass off so that you can lose weight. And like exercises the way, right. But it's like, uh, our bodies want to move. They don't want to like stay stagnant all day. They want to be in flow. So I think that that's a great way to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree, but I know this is completely off topic, <laughs> but <laughs> we are going to be talking about moving a little bit when we do our full moon ceremony coming yeah, up next good. month, giving a little yeah, exactly. ahead of time, but you know, just saying for Perfect. those of you who are watching, like, you know, stay tuned soon for that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We can make like dates announcements towards the end. So stay tuned for a, for a very cool full moon ceremony for next month, if that's something that you're into. So I'm very much looking forward to, and only because we've seen it so many times and we've learned that this is just such an important conversation, but today's topic, which I wasn't able to like put a fancy cool title on it. Really what we're kind of focusing on here is how to truly genuinely teach your kids how to love their bodies and spoiler alert this isn't like a create a cool song for them or just like teach them mantras or whatever telling your kids to love their bodies actually means very little when you're turning around and looking in the mirror and complaining about your gut or your saggy boobs or how your wrinkles are coming in or whatever the whole do as I say not as I do thing 
isn't a thing when it comes to kids. Kids are sponges and they pick up on how we talk to ourselves, how we treat ourselves, how we treat and talk about other people. And they do what we do. That, that's what raising a kid is. So we've seen so many moms come into this program and um, such a mom, female, like being of service excuse to like join this program. But people are like, yeah, so like obviously loving my body would be cooler, but truly I'm here for my kids because um, I know that I have a poor body image and I want to raise kids that don't have that. So Jen, you have, you have one daughter, right? I do. Yep. Nice. How old is she now? She's 21 now. She's legal. (laughs) Legal. Fully legal as an adult. Legal for the drink. Yeah. In all the ways. Right. Yeah. Such an intense age, I imagine. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like just that transition between, you know, she's, it's her senior year in college and just trying to figure out what she wants to do for the rest of her life and feeling like she has to figure it out now, which, you know, sorry, like you have lots of, you have plenty of time, girl. So much time. Oh my God. But I do not miss that feeling of just, yeah, I would just cry and be like, I have no idea what I want to do with my life. How do people know their passions? Such a hard, what a, what an interesting age and what an interesting age to actually have this conversation because she's, she's still so young and this is such a, I mean, 21 talking about body image and things like that. Like it's such a prominent conversation and her life, be it consciously or subconsciously. Mm-hmm. Jen, for you, what was it like? First of all, when you discovered that you were having a girl, did you have thoughts, feelings, body sensations about that in terms of like body image? Not really. I was just, I mean, you know, at the time I'm just, I was super excited about, you know, having a girl, right? I mean, I would have been excited either way, but I think I just felt like I just, you know, I, I mean, what, what can I say? I was just excited, like any mom would be, you know, and I didn't, you know, I think the only thing that, you know, came up for me personally, we talked about this in a previous mom bot episode was just my own body issues around being pregnant, which mostly came after um, having her, because I think a lot of moms, you know, you know, they feel empowered to, you know, gain a little weight and whatever when they're pregnant, because they, they know it's like they can just, their, their bodies are now, you know, helping their body, their babies grow. Right. Right. So, but, um, I mean, you know, after, I think right after I had her, you know, I was quickly aware of like her own body image, right? Because as you can imagine, you know, kids, they're, they, they are very body conscious, right? That's part of, that's part of the experience of being on earth, right? Is like, you have this body you get to play around with and you become aware of it. So just even becoming aware of your body, like, oh, I've got ears, I've got legs, I've got, you know, right? yeah. I mean, it's just like that. They just got like even as a baby they're just like discovering all their parts you know as they're like you know yeah I feel like that's one of the first things that kids identify is like where are your eyes where's your belly button and they're like so excited to point that out like I know what that is and I have one (laughs) for sure definitely exactly exactly so it's so funny because you know one of the things that definitely came up for me was that she was really underweight because she was Mm -hmm. born a little early and so she wasn't super uh hungry so there's a lot of babies who are born like she wasn't quite a preemie but she was, you know, almost like, you know, barely on the edge. And so that's very common is they're not super hungry. And so like, you know, I would have people be like, are you feeding her? Are you giving her enough food? Like, and it made me worried that, you know, she wasn't, you know, you know, getting the nutrition from me. Right. But it is that immediate, like, then you see other babies that are like, you know, super fat and pudgy and happy and have all the roles. And it's so funny how adults, like, they just can't help themselves They're They like project their own body stuff onto, you know, 
onto the babies that they see, you know? And so it's just wow. funny. Those are things I definitely acknowledge, I definitely noticed that, you know, when I would be in a group of other moms with other babies, like how adults would like, would notice that and fixate on that. Dude, you just kind of blew my mind a little bit because it speaks so much to the transition of like how we view weight as we grow older. I, I actually have a friend who's gotten like similar comments in terms of like, are you feeding your baby enough? And first of all, like, that's just, it's the, the one person who cares about that kid more than anything on the planet, certainly more than you is the mother of that child. So like with all due respect, fuck off. Don't tell the mom how to mom their kid. Like we're feeding our children, like everything. It, that is such an annoying thing in society, A. But B, how when a child is perceived as underweight, there's instantly like this nurturing, like, are, are they getting enough food? Like they, like there's something to be fixed or they need something versus when there is a, a fat pudgy, just like adorable. Like even how I used fat pudgy and adorable as synonymous with one another, just even in describing that when it's a baby, we view fat babies as happy. Exactly. Like it's somebody, it's like the opposite of adults, right? right? Like when the babies are pudgy when they're little and they've got the little rolls and that they're like with the chubby cheeks, like everyone's like, oh my gosh, it's a healthy baby. What a happy, healthy that's baby. really skinny is not healthy. And then when we get older, we're skinny and we're healthier. But when we're right. Fat, we don't look at fat people and it's like, oh, you're just joyful and healthy as a clam, aren't you? Like that's just not the narrative, which like maybe it should be. That is, that is interesting. Okay. So she was um, what's perceived as an underweight baby. And that's, a, that was a concern of yours. How did that kind of shift as she grew up? Yeah. I mean, she definitely stayed like pretty small as a baby, you know, like pretty, um, pretty thin, like compared to some other babies. Right. Um, and then just when she was probably like a toddler, I'm trying to remember like, you know, like two or three, I remember her gaining a little weight and my dad being like, oh my gosh, she's got some fat on her, you know? And of course my dad, not not thinking like hey she looks like she's fat or even thinking that was bad that she got a fat on her right it was just a comment that came out and it was really interesting because it definitely made me like mama bear like don't be talking about my daughter's body image like like and it like really was made me more aware in general of like how I didn't want like other people's like like body whatever, you know, whatever their body situations were to be projected onto her. Like, I just didn't want that. And I, and it really helped me become more aware. Like I didn't want to do that to her either. Right. So I definitely decided at that moment, because I remember my husband at the time was like, even said to my dad right away, like, Hey, we're not, we're not going to talk about, you know, that in front of my daughter. And and I definitely was like, yeah, that's not cool. And from that moment on, like, you know, it's funny how we are so willing to stand up for our kids, first of all, not for ourselves. Right. (laughs) Straight up. I'm sure how many times my dad probably said that to me innocently. And I didn't even think anything of it or didn't think, you know, stand up for myself when I could. Um, but also like, it made me very hyper aware of like, I don't want to talk about weight in front of my daughter either, like even for myself. So I made like a decision at that moment. I'm not going to I'm not going to talk about my body about like negatively or even positively. I mean, positively a little bit, but mostly, you know, in terms of like enjoying my body or having fun with my body or like good in my body, not like we're like worried about my body in front of my daughter. Wow. So that's something that you created a lot of intention around early on in her life. Yeah. Wow. And like, so, so much of the conversation here is the distinction between 
saying to your kid, like, hey, so like, you don't need to talk about your weight or like your weight isn't an issue or like your body doesn't need to be a topic of conversation. But then again, so many of us, just because we're products of our environment right. and of our upbringing, turn around and we're like, oh, this, I've, I've outgrown this thing through a negative light or like, oh my gosh, I've gained weight or whatever. So you were conscious as to not speak about your own body in that way. Is that in front of your daughter or just like kind of period for you? Period. I think that really helped me period, like not do it. I mean, obviously, you know, I still like would have the, you know, self-talk in, you know, in my head, you know, but I wouldn't say it out loud. I wouldn't say it out loud. And I, um, really, I feel like, I think part of that was my own experience, like watching my parents, like, you know, you can tell your kids, you know, that they're beautiful all day long and that they look great. But if you're sitting there and you're criticizing yourself and going on a diet every other week, which is what my dad did. Right. Um, like, and he didn't like, it wasn't like harsh criticism to self. It was just like, Oh, you know, I gained a little weight on my middle here. I've got this little, you know, like, you know, whatever, I'm going to go lose 10 pounds, you know? And it was just, you know, especially for a guy, like, you know, they can lose 10 pounds by going on a diet in a week. Right. Yeah. Um, Put out beer. (laughs) That's such a stereotype, but I've heard of that happening. Like, yeah, I just stopped drinking beer for a week and I'm done. You can can lose 10 pounds. And so that was so common with my dad, but it definitely made me more self-conscious about my body and my diet and everything. And so, um, and, and also, you know, I got some good stuff from, from that too, though. Like my dad was very into fitness and was always really healthy and his whole side of the family, like his um, uncle owned a gym in the local town. And so, you know, like, unlike a lot of other, um, maybe women my age, I was definitely like interested in fitness and interested in all of that, like really early. So mm-hmm. I was definitely doing exercise and doing things like that early on, which I'm so grateful for because like, I was definitely more aware of it. Right. But I also was more aware of like, diet. So I dieted so much in my younger years because I was, you know, very aware of like, oh, the, the, the power of yourself to be able to like go on a diet and lose a bunch of weight if you wanted to. Yeah, definitely. And it's so interesting to be able to have this conversation from the perspective of a mom, as well as a daughter. So you were able to like, really take your experiences of like, huh, I noticed even just that simple comment made me then hyper aware of this thing or aggressive finger quotes, the extra 10 pounds or whatever it is. And you really taking that into your kid and wanting to create something different. Yeah. I think that's really beautiful. Yeah. That's because, amazing. Number, because I think the number one thing, you know, uh, that you could do as a parent, if, and it's not just anything, right. But if you want to teach your, if you want to teach your, your kids, anything, you got to model it first, right. Yeah. So there's no yeah. way, like you can tell your kids all day long to love themselves and love their body, but they're not gonna unless they're like watching you do it. Right. Right. And that is something, even specifically the exercise that you're speaking to, that's something that even just a shift in perspective, like there's been kind of um, judgment around like, well, even working out in front of my kid, isn't that telling them that like, I'm actively trying to lose weight and that like, I disapprove of my body. And that doesn't, at all need to be the case. And we even had one participant in body. I love you saying that she used to exercise from that place of like, mommy's just trying to lose some weight or whatever. And it was always like this kind of grueling, kind of like a dark scene whenever it was going down. 
versus after she took the body. I love you course. She was really just kind of seeing exercise through this lens of wanting to be strong. Like women are so strong and this is how we exercise our muscles and all this stuff. And she said that after that, her daughter, who I think was like three at the time or something would then come in with her and try to like exercise with her and was trying to like pick up weights and stuff. And I think she even got her like a small weight and she just like carries it around all the time or something along those lines. It was really cute. And even just how we show up to something. So like she just continued to work out, but the intention was different. It went from weight loss and my body is not okay as it is to, oh my God, I'm so strong and I only get to get stronger. How cool is that? And that being so inspiring for kids. Yeah, I agree. I know one of the other thing I really tried to teach my daughter was, you know, like it's, of course you want to teach your your kids about being healthy, right. And things you can do to be healthy, but I really tried to focus on what feels good. Right. So it's not just about like, oh, exercise because it's healthy for you. It's like, no exercise because it feels good. And what, which kind of movement feels good, you know, what does feel good and same thing with food. Like what food tastes good to you? And why, why would you want to eat something that doesn't taste good? You know, I, I really tried hard not to like force her to eat certain things that she just didn't taste good, you know, and again, tried to model. So like, you know, we would always eat salads like almost every single day. And she loved salads from the time she was a toddler. And I remember other parents like, how do you make her eat a salad? I, we were like, we were just eating them. Like we yeah. were just eating them and, and she loved them too, you know, right. We just made dope salads and she finally like tried one and liked it. Exactly. <laughs> and the dope salad part is such a key piece because like our reputation of needing to feed kids vegetables at the table is very much like they're eating everything, but, and then it's like, you're not leaving this table until you eat those vegetables. And it's always like prepared in a terrible, like it's like raw broccoli or something like, you know what right. I mean? Like it's never fun or exciting it, it does land as a punishment to kids and right. then it actually leads to um kind of more disempowered eating behaviors in the future because you've been trained that vegetables are this gross thing that we just like have to eat and then all of a sudden you grow up and you're like hold on I don't have parents anymore are telling me that I have to eat this for every meal let me never eat vegetables can you tell I'm projecting this was very much me when right. I was growing up I was like <laughs> vegetables can die. I hate vegetables, but I just wasn't eating vegetables in the way that like, I liked how they were prepared. Yeah. Who'd have thought? Well, and I think another thing that parents do a lot too is like, oh, eat your vegetables before you get your dessert. Right. And so you're also setting up that expectation too of like, of both. Like you have yes. to, you have to have vegetables and you have to have dessert, right? They might not even want dessert, but they're like, oh, I got to eat the vegetables so I can have the sweet sugary thing. And they might not even want it. Like, right. right. Let them eat what's, what tastes good. And obviously if you see a pattern of your kids only eating sugar and that's it, well then like, you know, maybe there's some other things, actions you can take, but like, for the most part, if you're modeling it and you're eating it, they're going to be curious, you know, why it tastes so good to you. Exactly. And then also through that lens too, dessert kind of becomes this, like, it's a very like treat oriented thing of like, this is this self-soothe this this is the reward that I get at the end of a hard thing or whatever and then again that that is the reputation that we take into right. our adulthood. rather than having chocolate for breakfast for example exactly <laughs> because I mean that's the, again another reason why I love doing that is because like why not have the foods that you love first thing in the morning and there actually are studies that show if you have chocolate in the morning that you're less likely to eat sweets throughout the whole day and it's because you're kind of satisfied well first of all I don't even think that chocolate is necessarily it doesn't have to be sweet. You know, it could be like a dark, yeah. chocolate, not super sweet. First of all, 
So I don't know, you know, I don't know the details of that study, but in general, like my point is, is like, why wait until the end of the day to have a food you really love? Why not have, you know, something delicious first thing in the morning? And just because you're setting your brain up to like, enjoy the food that you're, you know, consuming rather than like, you know, not enjoying it all day long, just so you can have your, you know, ice cream bar at the end of the day. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I am. Um, I growing up and I always feel this need to do like a prereq. And I mentioned my mom on this podcast because I just love her so much and I feel so protective of her. And she's such a great mom. It And it, it is such an example of like, Hey, your mom can be a great mom. And your mom could have like taught you something growing up that like you had to do a lot of work to unlearn and like, that's okay. Exactly. So uh, my mom has done so much work on herself. She's been on this podcast before. If you haven't heard that episode, go back and check that out. But she did Body, I Love You twice. And then she went on to do Leah Horton's um, intuitive eating program. And it just like changed her life. Like her Body, I Love You experiences as well as that program. Like she's she's truly able to distinguish now like, oh, that was disordered eating. That wasn't like me being healthy. That was disordered eating. And um for me as an adult to hear that now is so healing because I was trained growing up that like, that's how you be healthy and it's complicated and it's hard. And you're constantly like trying to like kick these cravings and all this stuff. And I remember growing up when it came to sweets in my house, my mom would never want them in the house ever because she would like wake up in the middle of the night and like snack on something. Like she just didn't trust herself because she was constantly not allowing herself to experience that and enjoy that. So it became this big thing that it it came to the point that like when there was something sweet in the house and in the middle of the night, she was so drawn to that, that she had to like wake up and like indulge in something like that. And so anytime we, (laughs) I remember one time I brought home a McFlurry. Do you remember? Do you remember? Oh my God. Like the the lizard uh, feed by McDonald's. (laughs) Yes. I brought home a McFlurry. It was vanilla with M&M. I literally remember this. It's so funny. Um, I didn't finish it and I put the rest in the fridge and my mom opens the fridge. She's like, oh my, who who brought this in the house? And she instantly grabs it and is like feeding it to herself. And she's like, this is so disgusting. Seriously, like who, who brought this into the house? And I'm just looking at her, I'm like, excuse me, miss, if it's so disgusting, please put it down. I'm very much looking forward to eating that later. And like, it just, it was so interesting to see that of like, oh, this is awful. This is disgusting. And literally almost like she was being hypnotized, like right, doubling it into her mouth. And that was just anytime, like for the holidays, someone brought us like a cookie platter. She would instantly be like, honey, you need to take these to work to my dad. And yeah, it was just always things like that. And then that led to, I would go to friends' houses who they would just like have candy in the house, which is such a foreign fucking weird thing for my young brain to be wrapped around that I would just like go buck wild at other people's houses to the point that like, I would have a stomach ache. I would go through that shame spiral. It was like a sugar overload, obviously. And yeah, it just wasn't, um, it wasn't an empowering thing. And and that took a huge, and again, I was seeing all of this through the lens of, Hey, this is what health is. My mom was a fitness instructor, right? She like instructed people how to be fit. So in my brain, I'm like, Oh wow. Diets are always like weird and complicated. And like, again, it, it just felt so restrictive and so that was what I was trained health was knowing now in my 30s what I know now it's like oh that's wildly not what it is 
Yeah. I mean, I think it, that, I mean, I think, you know, I can say for sure my parents' generation was definitely taught like, you know, and me too, like, you know, you know, butter's bad and, you know, fat's bad in general. So like, it is such a generational thing, right? Like I can, I mean, I even think about too, like when I was in high school, like counting calories was the thing, right? So I would like literally count my calories every single day. I would like keep a little notebook of all my calories and people would literally know that like, I was the one who would know how many calories were in the thing that they were eating. And so they would come ask me, they'd be like, Jen, how many calories are in this? Like I would be the person that would know. No. Nowadays it's so easy because you can just look it up on the internet. Right. But no, I did my research and I knew like how about how many calories things were. People would come up and ask me. And so like, it just kind of makes me laugh now because I definitely did not do that after I had my daughter. Cause I'm like, I don't want to do that. But it's funny how you sometimes get these patterns. Cause like, like, for example, you mentioned McDonald's. Like I was always like, okay, yeah, I can't have McDonald's French fries. Like they're like extra yeah. fat, extra fattening, extra whatever. And it's funny. Cause I love French fries. They're like one of my favorite foods ever. But even now, like I have a hard time eating a McDonald's French fry just cause of my own, like, you know, kind yes. of totally even though other French fries are probably, you know, just as, you know, fattening yeah. ever. <laughs> so fun. McDonald's french fries are so good by the way <laughs> they really are like such a tasty fry but 100% and I I realized I was actually projecting a little bit earlier when I asked you the question of like did you have thoughts feelings body sensations around having a daughter because that's one of the things that I was surprised to hear growing up that my mom said is my mom was bullied hard by her family growing up for her weight and um, just like teased relentlessly in the, in the comfort of her own home. And so when she found out that she was having a daughter, her, her first thought and fear in her brain was like, oh my gosh, I'm so terrified that I'm going to have a daughter with my same like body structure. Um, and she, she did like the moment she saw me, she was like, oh my God, we, we are the same. And that was, uh, she felt so protective over me because that was, you know, this is years of like doing the work over here, but like she was essentially protecting her childhood self in her brain of like right. yes. shielding me from her being wound. bullied. Yeah. Exactly. It was totally, totally her wound. And going back to, again, this being such a generational thing, I do acknowledge and feel so grateful that I'm alive during this time that like, it is normal um, and empowering to have these conversations of like breaking up with all the bullshit from the past and actually creating our new stuff because there were think of the models think of the diet trends think of all the stuff that was so popular like even just you calorie counting in high school that was something that I did as well 100% and we're trained from a societal standpoint to do those things so I'm super aware that it is it is easier today to have a positive body image than it has been in the past. That's something that I really want to validate and acknowledge. And in the words of my sweet mom, you can teach an old dog new tricks. That's what she wrote in her (laughs) testimonial. She was like, holy shit, I thought I was too old to like actually truly change my brain. Turns out that's not true at all. So that was cool to hear. I know that's so cool. I love that your mom joined. And also I think about like so many uh, friends of mine that are always like, that's not for me. Like I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm in my forties and fifties I don't need to worry about my body image. I've already had kids. Like, you know, my body's gone forever. And I'm like, wait a minute, you still have your body for the rest of your life. And the fact that you, you know, are doing certain things that show me you don't love your body. Like you could, right. Like it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't mean you have to feel like you have to have a, a high schooler's body again. Right. That's not what body I love is about. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> 
it's about learning to love and appreciate like actively your body because you are, it's your partner for the rest of your life. It's what, it's the experience, like I said earlier, it's the experience we have on earth. That's the, that's part of the deal is we have this body we get to play with. Right. Whoa. That just kind of rocked my world too. And I'm sure that that's, Jen, I feel like that wasn't your experience. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that's a lot of people's experience of like, uh, my, my dating years are behind me. I already had my kids. Like this is just almost like totally taking the passion or like the worthiness away of like your body being seen and loved and celebrated the the view that like those days are behind you whoa yeah well I think that's also kind of a societal belief as well which I think women get all dried up and shriveled right like Like, it doesn't matter anymore like my body like you know because I'm not desirable anymore because I'm like not you know you know at the fetching age whatever (laughs) you know like it's like Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't need to, I don't need to worry about what my body looks like. And it's like, but it's not about what your body looks like. It's exactly. about how you feel in your body. And are you loving her? Damn. Whoa. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That is super, super, so important. I, another thing too, is <laughs> I think about this example a lot because I feel like when we're viewing the world through this lens of insecurity, I've said this so many times, but like our brain is so good at gathering evidence to prove that to be true. So like, I remember, this is kind of personal. I hope my mom doesn't care that I'm sharing this, but I remember one time when I was younger, um, like baby young, she, or like I was talking and walking, I I guess, but my mom was like bending down to, to do something. And she was during that time felt insecure about her boobs like a lot of moms do of like after I have kids they're so saggy I literally just the other day was talking to my friend like how are you doing she's like well my boobs are in my belly button now so that's that's just a new thing that I'm rocking (laughs) with like it's such a insecurity for so many people and my mom was just bending down to pick something up and tiny very small child Sydney was like what are those? And I like pointed at her boobs and over here in my mind, I'm just genuinely asking what boobs are. I don't know what boobs are. And my mom in her brain was like, Oh God, they're so saggy. They're unrecognizable. Like my, my child doesn't even know what these are. It's like, no, no, no. I was literally just asking you what boobs are. I don't know. I don't know the difference. I don't know your insecurities going on in there. But when my mom retells that story, I remember thinking and feeling so confused that she was like, offended by my question I was like wait wait I genuinely I just like truly don't know something right and we when we see things again through that insecure lens we gather evidence to prove that thing to be true so it it it's not even this concept of like fake it till you make it of like use all the positive words and the affirmations for yourself like it truly is training yourself to love your body so that your kids get to actually see that happening and then they get to practice for themselves it's so much more than just words yeah I agree because like yeah like your reaction is is more than words right and and it's so true that we tend to be like whenever we are insecure about something if someone says something to us like even if it's slightly critical right we're so sensitive about it versus when we're confident about something right so it's not like I was just talking to my sister about this the other day I was was, like talking to her about how like if someone said to me you know you're a bad mom I'd be like 
okay I'm glad you think so but I don't think so so I wouldn't even like it wouldn't affect me because I think I'm a good mom I mean not yeah. that I can improve in things or whatever right but overall I think I'm a good mom if someone said they thought I was a bad mom I would be like you're wrong. you're wrong yeah. right um but if somebody said something else that I maybe am a little bit more insecure about then I might be like a little bit more hurt about it and and that's why we sometimes take people's words or questions wrong because we're already insecure about it and so we get really defensive about something someone said when they might not have actually been be trying to be critical, you know what right. I mean? They yes. might have actually been trying to be helpful or who knows what. And so it's our own insecurities that like highlight it and magnify other people's reactions and comments like to like a ridiculous degree. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And I think a huge difference that we're discovering here is the intentionality because so many people too, who maybe are on more autopilot or it's just something that like maybe you don't have the 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 time or effort or whatever to like put into actually healing from this but when it comes to people who are like maybe on autopilot we tend to just repeat what we experienced so like the things that were disempowering for you or like the shitty messages that you learned growing up you just kind of like reiterate those patterns Versus what you did, Jen, which is having that intentionality of like, oh yeah, I remember that, that felt awful. I do want to create something different for my kids. And you have to like put intention into that. That's just not something that you think of once. And then all of a sudden it's just a better situation. It's something that you put intention into every single day. And especially over there, I heard you saying that, like, I was still having these thoughts. I'm a human being, like there's commercials and ads and everywhere like of course I'm a human with these thoughts but it's what you do with those thoughts that's important and I know you well enough to know that especially now you're in a place that when you're having those insecurities you're able to ask yourself these questions of like okay is that true where did that even come from how much power do I actually want to put in these statements and then you get a save from there which is so empowering yeah. And it is, it, it's tricky too, because like, it's like you said, you really do, like you really do, um, you really are a product of your parents, like upbringing and you really do have that perspective. So it's really hard to get yourself out of that perspective sometimes and realize that what you're saying and doing and acting and even your thoughts are affecting your children. They see how you're acting and feeling. Right. And so like, I remember like, even though I had that intention, like, I'm not, not going to say anything negative about my body. I'm not going to like, you know, talk about her body at all. Um, other than to empower her to, you know, hopefully eat what she wants, like move how she wants to like, like to own her body. I mean, I specifically remember like saying to her, like your body is your body. Like only someone can touch it if you say it's okay. Like it's your body, you know? And that's, I think such an empowering thing for, for parents to do too, is really help them understand it's their, you know, it's theirs, right? Which is so cool because of all the things in the world that you don't have control over, you do have control over your body for the most part, you know what I mean? So um it's pretty empowering if you can teach your kids that. But I think too, like, I remember, I remember like when you were talking, I was thinking about how like, I would still sometimes go on like these little diets. Like I would try, you know, I was kind of more yeah. curious. Like, I'm going to try this, like, you know, whole 30 thing, or I would try this whatever thing. And I remember kind of like doing it kind of like, not really in secret, but just kind of like not making it a big thing with the family. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to make everybody eat what I'm eating. I'm not going to like make it a big deal. I'm not going to say I'm doing this. Cause I, you know, want to lose 20 pounds and get more fit, even though that might have been the case, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's funny. I remember my, I remember my daughter asking me questions like, you know, like, Hey mom, why are you doing this thing? Like what's going on? And she would, and she's got such a good, like, 
inquisitive mind that she would like really like like dig down ask me questions like why I don't understand it you know and it would make me go like you know and as, as kids do they're just curious and I'd be like that's really interesting because like like I don't exactly know why right because it made me really realize like am I just doing this so I can lose five pounds and fit into that pair of jeans or do I really want it to be healthy you know and is this diet really yeah. going to be healthy you know I think kids are actually so brilliant in that way. And arguably my favorite humans to have conversations with our kids for that reason, because like I, in my 31 years on this planet have been trained to do certain thoughts and beliefs and just like, of course, this is the the thing that happens or whatever. But when kids are asking you why it, it genuinely is coming from such a pure, clean slate. And I feel like when you're explaining it to them, you realize like, oh my God, like, I don't actually have to believe this. Like, is this even true? Like, I literally just kind of do it just because it's what people do. But like, when you're just continually asked why over and over again, it kind of gives you a clear head in terms of like, wait, what exactly what you just pointed to? Like, wait, am, am I, am I doing this just purely for weight loss? Or like, is this actually for my health? And it, that is, <laughs> I think kids are honestly brilliant. They are so brilliant. Yeah. And I think another thing too is, you know, when you're trying to teach your kids things is I think it always helps to have a little outside validation because, you know, yeah. it's always like, you know, oh, mom, it's just mom making something up again. Right. Like mom likes to wants to empower me to love my body. What's that about? You know, like so yeah. down having a conversation with your kid about loving your body may not be as, as powerful as like finding a book about it and reading it together or like watching a TV show and watching it together because it just kind of gives without you saying to them, like, you know, outright, like this is a little bit of, you know, kind of gives them a little outside validation. That this isn't just coming from mom. Like, this right. Is, because I think they also see all these weird patterns in society and that influences them too. It's not just what's coming at home. Right. And 100%. So, yeah. And so like, even just the unsaid thing of like, I was thinking about this, like even just the unsaid rule of us, like, like, think about it. How many women like go around and even say, I love, I love my body. I'm so beautiful. Like how many people actually do that in the mirror? Or if I posted a social media post and said, oh, I'm so wonderful. I'm so great. Look at my great boobs or whatever I wanted to post. Yeah. Right? I mean, I, 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 you know, how many of my friends would probably be like, I mean, even if they didn't tell me, yeah, my, they'd be like, what the, like fuck? what the fuck is she doing? Right. Yeah. And why? But if I posted a picture of myself and how about how much I hated myself, how many friends would, would like almost support me if I did that? Yes. You know what I mean? So yes. it's really interesting because it's like this, uns like there's so much that we do that's unsaid, right? That's unsaid that feels weird and feels against like society, but it gives you a whole new perspective. And so I think if you can do like subtle things to help show your daughter, it's okay to say, I love you. I love my body. I, I'm so beautiful. Like, I think that would be like, that's like taking it to a whole another level that we typically don't do as parents. It really is. And that is huge. And I, I think that that's an important piece that we actually need to touch upon actually, which is like, I feel like it's so normal for kids and whether we're talking about young kids or like teenagers or whatever to go through this kind of stage of rebellion, even if it's in like the two or three years old, three-year-olds where they just gain that independence of like, I want to do it myself. I want to press the button myself, or I want to put on my shoes myself or whatever. Like we tend to really desperately need to like want to individualize ourselves from our parents, specifically yeah. our moms. Sure. You know what I mean? Like we go through, yeah. through this phase, like my parents are the worst and like everybody, like they don't know shit. And I feel like it is important to, to give your kid body image, positive body image and like true self-worth messages from places outside of you. 100%. And it also is like, 
where is your kid hanging out? What is your kid watching? What is your kid reading? And I'm not all saying that through the lens of like, you need to be a helicopter parent, like constantly on top of things. I don't think that there's a world that you can live in where you shield your kid from all the just like terrible, toxic body image shit on the planet. So first of all, just please know that like you're, it's never going to happen. You're never going to yeah exactly yeah. like you, like we live as a society with other people so we are going to be influenced by what's going on but we can we can influence that at home to a certain degree right, right. and I, I do think like it makes a big difference to what you consume and what you watch I mean like for example my mom refused to let us have Barbie dolls and um we we were so pissed oh. we were like we were like why mom we don't get it like we love barbie dolls and whenever we go over to the, our friend's house we would play with barbie dolls but my mom specifically said because barbie dolls aren't realistic and you they are not what a body woman's body actually looks like and i don't support having them in the house and we were Whoa. mad like we were mad but just just the act of doing that makes you think as a kid oh but that's not real they're just a doll and it's not that's not possible for a woman to look like that you know what i mean so just the fact that my mom did that is kind of cool Dude, so as an adult, are you glad that she did oh, that? Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, oh. I am. I mean, we laugh about it a little bit, but it's like, I'm totally. so glad. You know, I'm actually still mad at her, though, because she wouldn't let us watch Gilligan's Island. <laughs> <laughs> like that one, I'll never forget. <laughs> she said it was just a waste of time and junk for your brain. And I laugh about that so t- because like all, whenever I get together with anybody, they're like, oh, Gilligan's Island, they talk about this one episode or whatever. I'm like... I didn't know that. I, I never watched Gilligan's Island. <laughs> oh my God. That's so funny. Like the Barbies are fine. Gilligan's Island. Yeah. So mad. <laughs> 100%. It's so crazy listening to that, Jen. It's so, so cool. I'm so like proud of your mom that she was able to stand for that. What a cool thing, especially in, in that generation as well. That's like genuinely huge. That sounds radical as we talk about it on this call, right? Like, yeah. no, Barbies, what are you talking about? But that is such a I love that when she did that, that was truly able to like make you think a little bit of like, wait, oh, it's, it's, it's that bad. Yeah. Barbie's body anatomically makes zero sense. She would not be able to exist in the real world. Her proportions just, she would have to walk on all fours. People have done research about it. Like, yeah, it's insane. It's impossible. You would have to like break your ribs in order to make your waist as small. Her organs wouldn't fit in her body. All the things. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, and it's funny because I still, like, I still enjoy the icon of Barbie. Like, it's not yeah. like I hate Barbies. Like, I do. And it's kind of like the same thing with, like, Photoshop, for example. Like, I still appreciate a good Photoshopped, you know, picture because, it, you know, it enhances some things, right? But it's also knowing, it's having that, a better awareness that that is Photoshopped. The same thing with the Barbie. Like, awareness. Like, I like the icon of Barbie, but I'm also aware that it's just not possible in real life. Totally. It's not real. It's fake. Totally. 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 Even like looking at the body or like, it's so funny. The first thing that I thought of when you said Barbie was the classic high pony and how never in my life have I ever been able to achieve that? Like that's such an unrealistic ponytail, (laughs) but so funny. Yeah. Like we, we truly do compare ourselves. If I were to have a ponytail like that, it would be fake hair, which not bad. I'm sure that that would be fun for certain circumstances or situations or whatever, but yeah, it's never going to be mine. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and, that, and it's <laughs> funny because it does make you more aware. Like, oh yeah, most people who have those high ponytails do have something to kind of help make it look a little higher, thicker in the middle, right? So often they have like extensions, right? Yeah. Like, I remember going to my my hairstylist once, and I was talking to her about some hairstyles. She's like, "Oh, that's extensions," and I show her next picture. She's like, "Oh, that's extensions too." And I was like, <laughs> "I was like, oh, like that's a thing now." She's like, "Oh yeah, everyone has extensions now." I and mean, this is like, yeah. weird, right? I'm a lot more common now, but 
I was like, oh, so like, that's where, you know, it's like, okay. So everyone's just walking around with fake hair. Yeah. Right. <laughs> 100. And the answer is yes. That's exactly what's happening. 100%. Jen, you said something earlier that um, really reminded me of this. And it's something that I've heard a bit about. And it's something that I'm like trying to, to practice more. But like as an adult, if ever I didn't want to touch anyone or if I didn't want anyone to touch me, that's such a no brainer. Like you're not touching me if I haven't consented to that. Like absolutely fucking not like catch these hands. I'm, I'm so like stern in that belief. However, when it's kids, I, this definitely happened to me growing up and I literally see it happen all the time. But when it comes to like a stranger or an uncle or a friend or whatever coming over and it's like so and so give them a hug and then maybe the kid doesn't want to because that's totally okay for a kid to not want to do the intimate act of hugging somebody and they're like come on you're hurting their feelings and essentially like making them hug this yeah. person that that teaches kids so much about their bodies and their worth and what consent is and personal space and boundaries and all that stuff and I remember last week I went to go see one of my friends who has two small children and um, her daughter, when I came in, I was like, can I have a hug? And I, I hadn't seen her for a while. So she was doing the whole thing where she's kind of like hiding behind her mom's leg, in which case, historically, I would usually just stand by and be like, okay, I'm just going to stand here and wait until you give me a hug. But the moment that I saw that she wasn't into it, I said like, that's okay. No worries. Can I have a high five? And she was amped on the high five. So I was like, all right, cool. That, that Amazing. was the thing. Yeah. yeah. And then after we were hanging out for two hours, I was like, she's probably going to want to give me a hug now. And I was saying goodbye. And I was like, can I have a hug? And she, she looked at me and she kind of like shook her head. No, I was like, that's okay. And like, that was it. I, she knows that I love her. I know that she loves me. She didn't want to hug in that moment. And like, that was such an important thing. Like that, that was kind of me healing my inner child. I'm yeah. like, how cool would it be all those times that my parents like, made me hug my creepy uncle. I don't know. That's, totally. I'm like so you bad, don't have an exact example, but that's so many parents do that. They think you hug like the, the friend of the friend that's uncle such and such when they're not really uncle, right? And they're just a friend and they and like you didn't want to hug them, but you felt like you had yeah. to. And I so don't know who this fucker is. Yeah. And so it's so empowering when you tell kids they don't have to do that. They don't yeah. have to hug so-and-so. And it really, I feel like it, because I feel like if you don't teach them that, then they're like feeling like their body isn't theirs. And it, and also in some ways, maybe takes them out of their body, which I think too many of us do. We don't rely on the wisdom of our body when we could, because we're so reliant on oh, our mind telling us it's, this is the appropriate social thing to do right. in any situation, whether it's hugging or at an office meeting or whatever the heck it is. Right. And it also teaches the lesson, especially for women, that when we don't allow other people to touch us or invade our space, we're being rude. Right. Yeah. Which, again, as an adult, fuck that shit. I would never in my life tell another adult that they need to be touched when that's not the case. So why the hell would I have that standard for a child? Little yeah. things like that, that we don't think about, like it's, and, and I feel like so much of that comes from a concern for how you're going to be seen of like, oh, my adult friend is embarrassed because my kid doesn't want to hug them. How uncomfortable I want to like make sure that they're not feeling that way when we are totally skipping over the feelings of your kid. And it's like hugging can be an intimate act that is boundaries of personal space 
It's not being honored in that moment. Maybe that's more important than your grown ass friend who feels awkward for half a second. You right? know? Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Yeah, like, what's the deal? They feel a little awkward or they feel like they're not loved. Who cares? Your daughter, you know, your daughter or son is more important in their feelings about yeah. their themselves and their bodies. And it actually has nothing to do with you as a mom. If your kid won't hug them, like it doesn't say anything about you that you're a bad mom because your kid, kid won't hug your best friend. Sorry. It just says nothing about you. It says that it your kid is uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah, exactly. How cool is it that your kid knows what they want? Exactly. I That's what you hug. can do. It's like be hug. more excited about the fact that they said, no, I don't want to hug you. Like how? Yeah. That's so powerful. How many kids actually are like smart enough to actually have that recognition? I know? was actually amped on that. The second time when I asked her and she shook her head no, I was like, oh my God, she like knows what she wants and she knows what she doesn't want. Like how cool. Like I'm so glad that I asked before I just, because that's another thing. We'll just like go in for the hug. Um, and you know, that's not what we, I don't want people just leaping right. at me, hugging me, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I want to yeah. say in, in when that goes down, definitely. The power of consent is huge. The power of consent is huge and we have to train it so young. This is just another example, um, kind of a, a segue into a slightly different conversation, but it, I'm, I'm pretty sure that I've said this on this podcast before, but it was, it's just interesting. And I think it's important to observe how sponge of children are sponges. Like they, they truly are constantly learning and constantly picking up information and opinions. And um, I want to talk about something that happened and it was the whole thing happened in like two minutes. Like it was crazy how quickly it happened. And this is about my niece. And this says nothing about my brother or my sister-in-law or how they're raising their kids. They're, my niece is, again, just a, she's a human on this planet. She's seeing commercials. She's seeing shows where so many shows and movies still today, the star is a thin person. That's just kind of how things go. And we're, we're still kind of stuck in this narrative that if there is a fat person on our screens, then they're like the funny sidekick and just like what a harmful thing that is. So I'm super aware that my niece is actively receiving training outside of my brother and sister-in-law and their parenting. So again, this is nothing against them, but I was hanging out with my niece. She was about six at the time and she's playing this game on her iPad. And it was kind of like the digitalized version of like um, the paper dolls that I used to play with when I was younger, oh, where yeah, it's just kind yeah. of the doll on the page. And then there's like the paper dresses and you can like change her outfit. So she was doing something like this on her iPad. And it was interesting because we're actually, I, the stuff that kids watch today is so interesting. They're literally just watching other people do things. Like they're not like actually doing the thing. So <laughs> yeah. we were essentially watching a video of somebody else playing this game. Um, and there were like two women cartoon women side by side and one of them looked like Rapunzel uh thin white long blonde hair blue eyes and the other woman was like a heavier set like a fat goth girl with long black hair and dark eyes and um just kind of like darker makeup and just side by side they're just like changing their outfits and the the Rapunzel one all of her dresses are like pink and sparkly and all this stuff and the goth one all of her shit is black but it's still gorgeous and really cool and her outfits were still really fun and it was awesome and we're we're watching this video my niece is sitting in my lap and she looks at it and she points at the goth girl and she looks up at me and she's like she's fat and I could tell that she was saying it through this lens of like making fun of her or that's funny or whatever. And without missing a beat, I just looked at her. I was like, I know, isn't she so beautiful? And I saw my niece 
I saw like incredible confusion for half a second in her eyes. Like I could tell that that was not something that she to blow dry it on my window. So whatever. I'm sorry to hear that. All good. <laughs> I could tell that she was confused for just a second, but she very quickly accepted what I just said. And she just looked at me. She's like, yeah, she's beautiful. And then she just like kept watching the video and then we were watching it for like another couple minutes. And she looked up at me. She's like, they look so beautiful. And I was like, yes, they do look so beautiful. And it was like that. Like my niece literally went from believing that being fat is, is funny and something to be called out and embarrassed for to, oh my gosh, look at these women who look so different and they both look so radiant. What a cool video we just watched. And I that freaking was love that. Moment. That's so cool. Yeah. 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 And it just takes, it just takes a different perspective to, to, to teach a kid like, right. oh, you've had this one perspective that's like, you know, been, you know, holding you back maybe a little <laughs> and, yeah. and, and open your mind a little bit to like how everyone can be beautiful and, and exactly. our differences are beautiful. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. It's so important. Um, when we talk about consumption, which we're going to mention again in a second through the, through the new moon thing that we were talking about. But when we talk about consumption, we're not just talking about what we put in our mouths. We're talking about what we're consuming with our eyes and what we're consuming with our ears. And it's so important to teach your kids that as well. Cause again, to Jen's point earlier, it's not just you that your kids are observing and following. It's, it's their friends, it's their friends' parents, it's their teachers at school, it's, it's the shows and the movies that they watch. And again, thank goodness that we are at this day and age because there is so much body positive, body acceptance, body image healing content out there, friendly for adults as well as children. So again, it's just about that piece of being intentional about creating a shift. If you want something different with your kids, then you get to actually actively create what that looks like. Yeah. And I think it's so important too, just to keep in mind, like you were saying earlier, it doesn't mean you have to control like everything that they do. Right. Like my mom wasn't like worried about me playing with Barbie dolls at my friend's house. Like she was like, go have fun. Play, you know, if you're over there, play with the Barbie dolls. Like I'm just not going to have them in my house. So she like, she taught me what she needed to teach me just by giving me that example. And so you can do the same thing at home. And even when your kids are like, you know, younger, they may not quite get it, but when they get older, like you're their biggest influence, you're their mom, <laughs> you know, like yeah. they might not like, they might like roll their eyes at you and you might not think that you're making a difference, but you are like, you 100%, are 100%, you are. You truly, truly are. I'm just envisioning young, annoyed Jen who like can't buy Barbie dolls. Right. And then now I see you of like, no, that, that was a boss decision. I, I support that. I, I back that up. Yeah. And I did the same thing. I didn't let my daughter have Barbie dolls either. And she was not happy. Oh, about <laughs> I believe that. I wonder how she feels about that now. So funny. <laughs> so interesting. Very cool. Jen, thank you so much for joining me for this conversation. As a mom, is there any just last piece of advice that you would give to other moms out there who just really, really want to create a better body image and self-worth for their children? I mean, if there's just more you can do to like exemplify body love with your kids and involve them with that, you know, whether it's like going and doing something to your body that feels good to your body, whether it's eating something that feels good to your body, whether it's buying clothes that feel good to your body and just show them, highlight to them what you're doing. I mean, the more you can do that. I mean, obviously 
you know, some things you just have to keep to yourself, in my opinion, like, you know, if you can, if you can keep yourself from criticizing yourself out loud, that's awesome. And, and it's probably still going on in your head. So, um, you know, there's things you can do to help eradicate that too. But the more you're doing things with your kids to show them that you love your body, then the more that they're, they'll, they're seeing that from you, but also it's practice for yourself. Exactly. 100%. And just like you are not the only source of this information for your kid, you're not the only source of, the, of this information for you. And I say that because so many people try to create this shift or do this alone and in silence because they feel like that's their only opportunity right now. Or of course, there's a lot of shame in like actually creating something different or requesting help or whatever that looks like. So I just want to say that this work actually can't be done alone in silence. Because the opposite of what it is that you're you're trying to create, let me rephrase that. The opposite of trauma, the opposite of these disempowering messages and creating something new is connection. And that doesn't happen by yourself. It happens when other people are there to, to witness you, to, to hear about what you're wanting to create instead, and to actually be there to watch you create it. And um I say this because there are so many opportunities on this planet to be in connection, to heal this within yourself. One of them, of course, being our course, Body, I Love You. Um, this is such, we love moms because we love coaching anyone that has reached to other people. Like we, we truly view people who enroll themselves in this course as such a domino effect because we've seen what self-love can do, not only for the individual, but for the people who are surrounded by that individual. People's families have changed. People's friendships have shifted. People's romantic relationships have deepened as a, as a symptom of them choosing to love themselves and actually accept their bodies. It's a super mega huge deal. So we love coaching moms because we know that we're not just coaching moms, we're kind of coaching their kids in a cool way too. And, and um, their friends and their, and and their, their moms. Like exactly. every, every woman that's an example of loving their body is, is shining that example to everyone else around them, which is why I think having a community like body, I love you is so important because if you think about it, some of our biggest fears around loving ourselves and our body is from that sense of not wanting to belong, right. Or not, or not wanting to not feeling like we're going to belong. So we have a fear about not belonging. Like I have a fear if I show off my skin or if I do this or that, like that I will be ostracized by my friends for like, for like showing myself love when in reality, when you, when you're in a group, like body, I love you. And you're doing it as a group. It's like automatically, Oh, I do belong. I can love yeah. myself and I can belong. So yes. it's a huge empowering way to do it. Besides the fact that you're, you know, an example for everyone around you. Exactly. 100%. So we just wrapped up a round of body. I love you last week. And it was so cool to see the community and the transformation that these women created for themselves. It's always such a satisfying thing to bear witness to. We also have new rounds launching, uh, next and the following month. So our next body, I love you round launches April 19th. And the one after that launches May 2nd. And just to remind everyone, we, uh, shifted up our prices a little bit. So it's 700 for the six week course. We of course have payment plans available for anybody who would benefit from that. So if you want to get on our wait list, please comment below and we can send you that link. And we're also very excited to announce that we have the first Thursday of April, right, Jen? Yep. We are doing, I'm sorry, the first week of April, actually, 
We are doing what we're calling Season of Body Love. It's an intention setting series and a pink moon ceremony. So what that means is that every day of the week, that first week of April, one of our Body I Love You coaches is going to be going live at noon to speak to a new topic that is important to consider when it comes to creating new intentions and setting new goals for yourself. And then we're going to wrap that up in a nice pretty bow Thursday evening. So that's April 6th, I believe, Jen, right? April, yes, April 6th evening at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We are going to have a pink moon ceremony. That evening on April 6th, there will be a full moon. This one's considered the pink moon. And we are going to go over all the beautiful intentions that you're creating for yourself. There will be coaching opportunities there. Um, All of our coaches will get to speak. We're going to have some really cool ceremonial things going on so that you can create some just like deliciousness for yourself and for your body in the month of April. So we'll be uh, rolling out some more information on how to register for that but we would love to have you there um, free of charge. We're not, we're not charging anything for that. We just want to create more community and more beauty in our, in our, in our body. I love you sphere. Yeah. Jen, anything to add to that? No, I'm no, just I'm super just excited. excited. I really hope you guys will join. It's going to be Me amazing. Too. It's going to be so much fun. Cool. Jen, again, thank you so much for uh, just providing your your brilliance and your insight and just being such a beautiful mom. What a cool thing that you created for your daughter. And I'm sure that she has and will continue to thank you for so many of the choices that you made as a product of that. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Of course. All right, everyone. We will see you (laughs) next week. Thank you so much for joining in. Bye, everyone.